You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Bemba. What is going on, FA Nation? Jonathan McHugh and Howard Bender bringing you our Week 3 Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast. Here to give you our top plays for the week. Uh, Howard coming here recording on a Thursday after that Thursday night football game. Uh, looking ahead to Week 3, you've done the watch list all week. Uh, how are you feeling so far about what we're going to get into on Sunday? Uh, you know what? That's a really good question as far as what's my first impression. Um, you know, it's... it's uh, you know, you look at, at at the lines basically, and 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 looking at how many points are being scored, and how everything's like a fifty-plus line uh, for like four or five games, and I think that that's just going to drive people uh, towards spending up for a lot of players like Seahawks and Cowboys and uh, and and you know Cardinals, and you know we're gonna still see you know a big junk chunk of people on the uh, on the uh, on the Falcons there, so. You know, I mean, I think it's probably best to kind of go through it. But, I mean, I love too many expensive wide receivers. Um, I'm probably going to try and mine for value at running back. I don't know about quarterback. I, I, tight end, you can definitely be successful and pay down uh, for that, especially because, you know, there's no Kansas City. There's no Baltimore. Uh, there's no... Uh, was it Green Bay is uh, is the uh, right. the night game also? Yeah, yeah. So you know, not having those games in play, uh, I kind of like, but you know, it's still really tough. So I'm thinking about mining for value at running back. How about you? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think uh, you know, given we have to play these main slates and they don't take into account the primetime games, you know, like you said, no Green Bay, no New Orleans, no Kansas City, no Baltimore. There's some hard hitters. Uh, on those rosters that score a lot of fantasy points that are now just taken out of the player pool this week. Uh, and we also lost, you know, guys like Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley uh, to injury. So those are guys that wouldn't necessarily be on this slate, but now out. Julio Jones potentially not going to be able to be active for this slate as well uh, with his hammy. So there's a lot of big players that are out, a lot of big players that aren't on the slate. Uh, and another point that I pointed out to you, um, there's five 4 p.m. games. So you and I like to get that late hammer uh, lineup going, and now we can basically build a whole lineup of just 4 p.m. games and probably be pretty comfortable of it, uh, given the names that are going to be available to us. So uh, that was kind of my first impression, but I also agree with you. We got a lot of high point spreads, a lot of games, you know, over 45, over 47, a couple over 50 um, that we're going to be targeting here. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the scoring goes. I'm going to be interested to see what the chalk is this week. Um, but let's go ahead and we'll just kick right into it, uh, starting off with the quarterback position. Uh, you mentioned already some of the top guys not on the slate. So that leaves us, you know, Russell Wilson, who is off to a MVP level start uh, right now. He's got nine touchdowns in two games between New England and Atlanta. You have Kyler Murray uh, also now running all over the place for his fantasy production, also putting up over 28 fantasy points uh, in the two games. Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. So the top of the field here, we have five quarterbacks that are averaging at least 30 fantasy points to start the year over the two games. Uh, you mentioned spending down maybe elsewhere. Does that mean you're spending up at the quarterback spot? Yeah, probably. I mean, really, they just moved the line uh, on the Seattle-Dallas game up to 57. Uh, so, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's that's sheer madness right there. So, you know, why wouldn't you uh, do that? I mean, you want to talk about getting late-night hammer. Russell Wilson is your late-game hammer. Uh, is uh, is a fantastic call there. 
uh, even Dak Prescott. I mean, I would take Wilson at home, even though it's a, a run first scheme. I think that, you know, he passes enough to Chris Carson uh, and then he's got Lockett and uh, and Metcalf uh, against just a, a, a really just vulnerable uh, Dallas defense. So, I mean, I would I'm perfectly happy paying up for Russell Wilson uh, and seeing what else I can make work. You know, I mean, it's like when you look as, as far as the, uh, the, the next tier down, because, you know, you could go to Kyler Murray also, but I mean, it's $500. And is that really, you know, I mean, we could probably play around with a couple of lineups and see just how much $500 is going to get us. But I mean, for the time being right now, I'm leaning on Wilson uh, as my top cash play. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to feel safe this weekend, uh, you know, getting an early lead, maybe an early jump to your uh, fantasy, uh, you know, contest, and then knowing that a 57-point game is awaiting you in the 4 p.m. slate uh, if you don't have exposure to Wilson Prescott, you know, a game stack of sorts, you know, it's almost like forcing uh, your hand here a little bit. But I agree, I think there are, you know, Kyler Murray home against Detroit, I think it is going to be a, a good matchup for him. And I like that because you know where he's throwing the football. You know, Wilson, you have to sort of, you know, are you going to pair him with Metcalf? Are you going to pair him with Lockett? You know, and hope you get those double points. You know Kyler Murray's throwing to DeAndre Hopkins. You can just lock and load that pair, that stack in your DFS contest and feel pretty confident that uh, any sort of success that Murray has is going to come with uh, Hopkins benefiting. So, um, you know, for game stack-wise, I think at least it's a clearer picture. Uh, sort of feel the same way with Prescott, you know, all those weapons, um, you know, how exactly do you pick the right pairing? Um, but it, it's hard to really, uh, ignore that top tier. Um, if we do want to go to the mid tier, um, you know, a guy that jumps out to me, at least Ben Roethlisberger, I know you weren't really high on his performance last week in terms of how he looked, you know, against Denver. I, I know you and Craig sort of felt, uh, you know, talking about your, during your wage alarm, uh, live stream that, you felt he didn't have much zip on the ball. Well, it didn't really look great. Um, but this is a Houston defense that's horrible. And, you know, Big Ben still completed 70% of his passes, 311 yards and two scores there against Denver. So uh, at 6,400 over, you know, 22 fantasy points each game so far, I still think that's well within his wheelhouse. I think it's within his wheelhouse. But if I'm going to pay down, if I'm going to go down to that mid-tier, uh, I want to make sure I've got a high floor. And, and I look to Ryan Tannehill as a high floor option. Uh, even on the road in Minnesota. I've got no faith in Minnesota's defense. Yes, I know Derrick Henry's going to chew up the clock there. But, you know, to know that I'm going to pay 5900 uh, you know, on DK for Tannehill, uh, that, listen, if I can get 250 and two touchdowns, no turnovers, um, that's returning strong value, especially if you're talking about going the, the difference between uh, Kyler Murray at, at 6800 and Ryan Tannehill at 59. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, any love for the rookie, Justin Herbert, coming off a strong debut against Kansas City, uh, now home against a traveling Panthers defense. Uh, we know how bad they are. We do. I think, uh, you know, I'm sure you can do that. I'm not going to lock in. I mean, if I was going to stack Herbert and I was going to do that Charger stack, I'd pair him up with Keenan Allen uh, and Hunter Henry and just go for those interior receivings, you know, receiving targets. Um, you know, it... it, it how much upside is there really with him? Uh, you know, are we going to talk about, you know, this guy, is he going to have that 300 yard game or is this like the letdown? You know, everybody was all in on him. And then the, the Tyrod Taylor situation happened with the, the, the punctured lung. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to be anxious to get Herbert uh, against Carolina. 
and uh, and you worry about you know what's the state of mind for the rookie and is he going to be able to deliver? Yep, that, that's fair. Uh, and then the last guy I want to ask you about uh, because Atlanta's defense has been so bad. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, uh, big week one against Detroit, but it really only came in that fourth quarter. It was pretty bad otherwise. And then against the Giants, only 15 fantasy points, 5,700. Um, you know, any uh, Trubisky love this week? I mean, you have to give it a look, especially because of the way Atlanta has been playing, at least their defense. Um, you know, you could do a little stack there, Trubisky with Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller and just think that, okay, they'll finally get it. Like that's the big thing is that we're worried about, or we look at Chicago and that's the, the passing game really hasn't been that key. And you look at Robinson hasn't delivered. Anthony Miller really hasn't delivered. Um, so, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a worthwhile option strictly because Atlanta's just, you know, crap, but I, I just don't know if it's my favorite stack. Yeah, that's fair. Again, and he basically wasn't doing anything for three quarters in game one and got bailed out. Uh, I do like the nine targets in each game for A-Rob. I mean, hopefully eventually he can, can connect on those. But, uh, yeah, I don't have high hopes for Trubisky either. Uh, running back spot, Howard. Finally, you don't have to ask me if you want to pay 10K for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, DraftKings, for whatever reason, still priced him out at 9,200, though he's on the IR. Uh, Elliot at the top, <laughs> Derrick Henry against Minnesota, Dalvin Cook against Tennessee is sort of where the top tier guys go. Um, again, we've talked about spending up in different positions. Uh, you know, how much Zeke or guys at the top of the running back position do you find yourself attracted to? Um, you know, I always find myself attracted to Dalvin Cook. I love, you know, obviously that Minnesota ground game. Tennessee's defense has definitely given up uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of points. You know, Jacksonville, they gave up a ton of points, too. That was uh, that was pretty surprising. Yeah. So, you know, I think that if Minnesota wants to control this clock and wants to control the pace of the game, uh, then they're going to have to go run heavy with Dalvin Cook. However, can Tennessee just sell out to stuff the run and force Kirk Cousins to, you know, throw the ball to Adam Thielen? You know, how many receiving targets does he really have? You know, he's got Thielen, he's got... Uh, Justin Jefferson, then you're looking at what BC Johnson, Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph. So it's really not that, that pretty there. So, uh, I, I probably, if I'm going to, if I'm going to take a top tier, uh, running back, I'm probably going to go the other side of that game and take Derek Henry. So here's my one thing with Henry. And I guess, you know, this is came to a revelation myself as we always talk about Henry is such like a second half runner. Right, like oh, it's no, you know, the the page turns in November, and Henry's all of a sudden truck sticking everybody, and he's off to another slow start. I mean, yeah, he had 116 yards week one, but he only took him 31 carries to get there. Week two, 25 carries for 84 yards. Are we falling into a trap here of not, you know, paying attention to the trends where Henry is a slow starter to begin the year, and he runs on defenses, you know, when it gets colder? That's definitely a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. Uh, you keep talking like that, and maybe we get him at low ownership. Uh, it's possible. Maybe we will get him at low ownership. I'll tell you this. I had him last week, and every time Ryan Tannehill threw a touchdown, I was crying in my pillow. So Yes, uh, I know. You, you You messaged me every time that happened. It was, uh, yeah, it was frustrating, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, next tier below, we saw Cleveland maybe map the blueprint out, blueprint out for their success. Uh, Nick Chubb ran 22 times for 124 yards against Cincinnati. Cream Hunt got involved there as well, but Washington's front seven, that defensive line's pretty solid. Um, you know, what do you think about this Cleveland ground game? That's a tough one. I, you know, I'm a huge Nick Chubb fan, and, and I'd love to just see Stefanski just stay with that. Um, you know, 
this could turn into a little bit more of a Kareem Hunt type of situation because Washington has such good edge rushers and the linebackers kind of like to push into the middle as well. So if they can get the edge rushers to over-pursue, then maybe the dump-offs to Kareem Hunt actually turn out to be a little bit better. It's just a way to neutralize that pass rush. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'll start Nick Chubb in uh, all sorts of seasonal formats, but, you know, it makes me a little bit nervous, you know, given what the front seven for Washington looks like. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there. I, I feel the same way. Uh, a little bit hesitant. Plus, I never really trust the Browns to stick with the, what wins. You know, like it seems like you no matter who the coach is, uh, you know, they, they try to do something that's outside of, of, of their uh, success rate. Uh, Austin Eckler, you know, maybe all it took was a change of quarterback to get him going. Now, he didn't have a huge amount of targets like we're used to him seeing, but 16 carries, 93 yards on the ground, four uh, receptions on four targets for 55 yards through the air against the Chiefs. Now, again, home against this bad Panthers defense. If Herbert's more of your traditional quarterback, and we saw what Phillip Rivers did at dumping off to the running back there, um, you know, can you pay up for Eckler in this spot? Obviously, Josh Kelly looming is scaring some people away from him, but this is about as mint of a matchup as you can find. It is definitely a great matchup. You know, the problem is, though, is that, you know, Justin Herbert isn't necessarily, a, I mean, is he more traditional than, than Tarod Taylor? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, but he still likes pocket. to run. He still likes to take off. He doesn't just sit in the pocket. Um, he likes to roll out. And the scheme that they've dictated uh, in Los Angeles is, you know, one of those things where they like the rollouts and they like the RPO. Uh, and it just that that kind of takes away uh, from some of the passing, some at least from from the, the check down standpoint. Uh, for Eckler. I mean, it, it is a, a great spot for him to be. Um, I feel like you're building a stack of like Herbert Eckler and Keenan Allen, aren't you? That's, that's probably where I, I was leaning. If I was building a couple of these, uh, as we're, as we're going through, I kind of, I kind of like the idea of that. Um, another guy that I wasn't necessarily thinking about until our own Colby Conway, uh, mentioned him to me today on Twitter. Uh, and that's James Connor. Uh, you know, I was looking at guys sort of matchups, uh, against teams to target, uh, and Kobe kind of put up there that Houston has really struggled against the run. We saw Clyde edwards Lair torch them in week one. We saw a plethora of running backs against Baltimore all have success uh, against Houston here. And then again, if Pittsburgh's going to be out in the lead, if we think you know Houston's going to struggle on the road, uh, James Conner coming off a real strong showing in week two uh, is a guy that maybe we should go back to. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm perfectly fine going back to Connor as well. I definitely, you know, Mike Tomlin says it's his job. You know, everybody was so scared of Benny Snell uh, because he ran well, but Connor came back in. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter that that his line got saved by a 59-yard run. It's just it happened, and he's wor he worked his way back, uh, and he had two practice full practices in there. He got into the game and he did what he had to do. Um, I dig that, but, you know, but for the price tag, you know, you were you were telling me. Uh, you like Miles Sanders. You think the, the Eagles are going to run hard with Miles Sanders uh, for $300 less. Wouldn't you prefer that against uh, Cincinnati? Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I love that Sanders got seven targets in that game also. Uh, just basically showing everybody that, yeah, he is going to be that three down back relied upon in this offense. You know, all offseason, every time, every time I drafted Miles Sanders, I had to hear the Twitter birds talk about how 
you know, Doc Peterson's never had a lead back. He's oh, blah, 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 blah. He's never had a guy like Miles Sanders. And he showed that right away with 20 carries and seven targets in the offense. So, uh, no, I agree. Miles Sanders is a core piece of my lineup uh, this week for me. Uh, if we're looking at maybe a little bit of value here, you know, with the news that Zach Moss isn't practicing, you know, what do you think about Devin Singletary home against the Rams? The Rams, not really good at stopping the run so far this year. Uh, and Singletary's actually looked pretty good. Do you have any interest in him? $4,900. Yeah, probably. If I'm if I'm looking to go all the way down. We're, wow, you, you jumped all the way down there. Well, I saw he was kind of a value guy I wanted to get to. We can't run over everybody, Howard, right? Like, there's, I'm sure there's guys that are going to be in the playbook. We can't? What do you mean we can't? Why? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I like it. I, you know, I think the Singletary call is, is a good call. Um, you know, the question is, is really is, is how much upside is there going to be? Are the, are the bills going to be able to t- jump out to a lead, uh, and run him harder? I mean, or is, are we looking at a, you know, 16 carries for, you know, 82 yards and, uh, Josh Allen poaches the touchdown. Yeah. Josh Allen could poach a touchdown. I'm more so encouraged that he's being involved a little bit more in the passing game. Uh, you know, seven targets in week one, obviously it dropped down to three in week two. Um, but at least on a PPR format, if he's going to give you 15 for 80 and he gives you three for 30, like, you know, you're still kind of in that good range uh, of fantasy production, but you're right. I mean, the, the touchdown vulturing from Josh Allen is, is definitely kind of a killer there. I, I'll, I'll agree with you. Uh, same price tag. What do you think about Jarek McKinnon this week? Um, I think Jeff Wilson is uh, more the play for uh, San Francisco than Jarek McKinnon, even though Jeff Wilson doesn't catch passes, uh, at all. And, and, you know, that's a, a bit of a bummer. I mean, he doesn't rack up a, a ton of yards, but I mean, the dude's 4,000 right now and you know, he's getting the goal line carries. So he doesn't need to rack up a ton of yards in order to return good value for you. So I kind of, I'm kind of digging on Jeff Wilson, uh, because he's such a good salary saver. Yeah. Wilson's good. I agree with you. Good, good red zone guys. We've seen before him vulturing. Uh, touchdown. So yeah, I, I'm not going to argue $4,000 probably could be a popular play uh, this week as, as well. Uh, last guy on my list for you, Howard, I'm not sure if there's any other guys that you're specifically looking at um, is Antonio Gibson at 4,700. I uh, got 12, uh, 13 carries uh, last week against Arizona for 55 yards, found the end zone at two targets there. Uh, Peyton Barber only had one carry. So everybody wondering if he was going to vulture everything uh, didn't happen to be the case last week. Uh, you know, maybe they're finally turning over the offense to Antonio Gibson here. Uh, thoughts about him against Cleveland? I think they are doing that. However, Cleveland's actually got a pretty good, pretty solid run defense. Uh, you know, I mean, they really, I mean, obviously the, the uh, offensive line uh, for Cincinnati is not very good, but they stifled Joe Mixon. Uh, the week before that, if you look at it, J.K. Dobbins had the two touchdowns, but neither Dobbins nor Ingram nor... Um, uh, uh, even Josh Lamar. Edwards? What's that? Josh Edwards? No, I was gonna say Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Gotcha. Uh, none of those three really lit it up on the ground. So you know, I think that Cleveland's run defense is actually pretty solid in the sense that uh, you know, you could probably uh avoid them with that. I mean, I get it. You know, Gibson's price tag is nice and low, but uh, I think uh, I think Cleveland's run defense is actually gonna be pretty stout this season. It should be. I mean, they got Miles Garrett right there. So, uh, you know, good good alignment for them. Uh, any other running backs maybe catching your eye that we haven't discussed yet? 
Funny enough, the answer is no. I, you know, you scroll through the uh, the list, and I'm not going to say Frank Gore and forget Tariq Cohen. I don't care if he just got paid. Um, you know, Gio Bernard could be on the field uh, a bunch because of uh, because if if the Eagles jump out to a lead, but no, there is not a single other running back who I like on this uh, on this slate. It's pretty gross. I agree it, with you. It's it's, uh... it's a shame. It's a shame that we have to mine for value. Yeah, it, you're going to have to find value because I think we're going to have to pay up at running back on this slate is, is kind of the way I've uh, at least mid-tier and higher. There's not much value there. Uh, wide receivers, again, top guys, DeAndre Hopkins. You could have Calvin Ridley without a Julio Drones. Um, Stefan Diggs, you know, probably going to be in Ramsey Island, so probably cross him off uh, the list. Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, kind of surprised that we haven't hit any of the Cowboys or Seattle receivers at that point, uh, given the 57 point total. So uh, maybe unless you're stacking a Ryan with Ridley or a Murray with Hopkins, uh, you just look at the mid tier and you just go ahead and get your receiving group out of them. Cause Cooper's at 65 Metcalf's at 65 Lockett's at 64. Uh, you got to assume that's the top group right there. Yeah, that does. It definitely does sound like the top group, but I would probably end up, uh, you know, going that route. I mean, that's really to me is a, uh, you know, I mean, it just, it, it makes sense. You know, you can sit there, you could, you could pay up. You can, you can probably find, you know, somebody in there that you would be digging. Uh, you know, like, like you said, I mean, you rattled off all those names, like Ridley's a, a phenomenal option um, in there, but, you know, knowing what, you know, you've told me about Tom Brady, not performing well in Denver, it kind of takes the Evans Godwin off of my plate just for a little bit here, um, at the 68, 67, because then, yeah, you're right. You pay down, uh, to get that, you know, that, that chunk of, uh, of game from, uh, Seattle and, uh, yeah. And Dallas. Dallas yeah. No, I agree I'm, with you. I'm blocking them out. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, you know, Brady obviously in the past had struggled against Denver. This is a different Denver team, right? There's no Von Miller. They don't have Chris Harris. Like, the defense isn't the same that Denver that Brady had played against in the past. But, you know, it just – my memories, my haunting memories of him going into Denver and losing or struggling uh, are still ever prevalent. But, I mean, they are getting healthy. Chris Godwin's going to be on the field. Mike Evans is going to be on the field. So maybe they're good contrarian pivot plays. Like – Everybody I, I'm going to trust is going in that, that tier there of Cooper, Metcalf, Lockett. Um, so, yeah, maybe a guy like Evans and Godwin, as contrarian plays, um, can pop off and match their production. Another guy that I'm kind of high on here, and this was part of a tweet that I sent out earlier today, um, you know, fantasy football matchup confirmations I'm looking for this week. Uh, one of them was slot receivers versus the Buffalo Bills. Uh, in two games this season against uh, team slot receivers, Jamison Crowder, seven catches, 115 yards and a score. And then Mike Kosicki, primarily a slot receiver for uh, Miami, though technically a tight end, eight catches, 130 yards and a score against Buffalo. Cooper Cup spends 60% of his time in the slot this year. Uh, Robert Woods gets 40%, so they're both kind of in that spot there. So I kind of going to have some Cooper Cup shares this week against Buffalo uh, and see if they're really vulnerable at that position. Well, it's always good when you identify something like that. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Cooper Cup. I was, you know, talking on uh, Sirius XM today with somebody who called in, and I said, I was like, you know, I'm not going to use the old "he's due" sort of a thing, but you know, can we, uh, can we pump the brakes on how good Buffalo's defense is uh, when you're looking at that? So great point there about uh, about the slot receiver. Um, 
what if you go down a little further here? How do you like um let's go in the uh in the in the in the up mid to upper fives, actually. Nothing crazy. Uh Terry McLaurin is uh is 59. Marvin Jones, uh, you know, if Galladay's back and uh, Patrick Peterson spends his time on Kenny Galladay, does that free up Marvin Jones to, you know, have one of those big breakout games that we do see him, you know, do? And and Detroit could just be chucking the ball. Yeah, I think it's certainly possible. I, th- I think that, you know, they're going to probably be trailing in this game. And if Galladay is back, is healthy, uh, then, yeah, Jones is going to get that secondary coverage and, you know, be able to uh, have success in a role that he's had success in the past. So um, I don't hate it. I don't hate the call. I, I think it's probably going to be one that, um, you know, may even go over to look because everybody's sort of looking at the fact that Galladay's back and, and sort of precluding them uh, from the idea that Jones is a guy. Uh, what about for $100 more? You have Terry McLaurin there. Um, I saw a news report, and now I'm blanking on his name, but – Cleveland was missing one of their top corners at practice today. Um, and we already know that secondary is a little weak as it is. Uh, McLaurin coming off a huge game against Arizona. Seven uh, catches, 10 targets, 125 and a score. Um, you know, $100 more. Any thoughts on Scary Terry here? Um, who missed practice? Greedy Williams. Oh, and Denzel Ward. Both Yeah, Denzel Ward. That's what it was, yeah. Wow, that's, that's intriguing. That's definitely intriguing. Yeah, if they... Uh... Uh, you know that would put Kevin Johnson and Terrence Mitchell as the top corners, uh, if uh, if both those guys are out, and I don't think either one of them can handle the speed uh, of Terry McLaurin. So, yeah, listen, I'm I'm a big fan. I, uh, I I could definitely see that happening. And if Washington isn't moving the ball against Cleveland on the ground, they're going to have to take it to the air. I don't mind that pick. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, that was a, that was just a guy that I started targeting following that news there. Um, other guys sort of in that similar price range, obviously we get Michael Gallup, um, you know, if you want to continue uh, targeting that, that sack, he's sort of been the, you know, the, the lost man here, uh, through the first couple of weeks. Yeah. He's gotten his 50 yards. He's a deep ball threat as it is, but only five targets in each of the two games. CD lamb seemingly has jumped him, uh, in terms of, you know, targets with, um, you know, with, uh, Dak Prescott and lamb himself is $5,400. Um, so I think those are two guys as we sort of go down a little bit uh, that are going to get a lot of love. Uh, and then another guy is Russell Gage for me, if in fact Julio Jones sits out. Yeah, Gage is definitely, he's got a great matchup too. Although I'll tell you what, it could be interesting if they, you know, if Julio's out, uh, they'll move Gage to the outside, you know? And I don't necessarily know if he's going to stay in the in the slot the entire time. And that kind of tilts away uh, you know, a couple of things as far as where his value really is at, because, you know, I think that's where Gage is, is most valuable. But, you know, what are they going to do? They're going to play, you know, Christian Blake on the outside and leave Russell Gage in the slot. No, probably not. They probably put Blake in the slot, uh, which then could end up being like your dartboard play uh, because uh, slot corner of, um, oh, Chicago. What is that? Is that Buster Screen? I love targeting against Buster Screen. I'm going to pull up the uh, wide receiver quarterback match report that Ryan Hallen does and see if uh, see exactly who he's got lined up there for you. Do, 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 do. As we load, we load, we load. Dude, I have a lineup that you're going to absolutely detest. 
I can't wait to see it, so we'll, we'll see what's going <laughs> on there. Uh, let's see. Slot corner matchups. Who was his favorite slot corners? Who are we looking for? Chicago, Buster Screen, or Russell Gage is what he currently has listed. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the way it should be. But if Julio Jones is out, then that kind of just changes what you know where Russell Gage plays. Like he'll he'll take snaps in the slot, but is that going to be his primary? Uh, and you know that Atlanta is going to be sitting with, uh, you know, three wide receivers on the field as much as possible, trying to chuck the ball downfield. So he'll move around. But if Julio's there, I love Russell Gage because he'll just stay in the slot the whole time, or at least you know, eighty percent of the time. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, like I said, I I assume the target share were to go up. Do you think they would really move Gage on the outside though? Do they who do they have another guy that they would throw out uh, onto the edge? Uh, I'm obviously not too familiar with the uh, Casey the Blake. Probably Casey Blake probably works better as a slot guy. Um, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, Olamides Zacharias. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> if maybe they would move Hayden Hurst into more of a slot role. Um, position for on that offense oh they, uh, see, they more, could do that, well, and then that, that, that you know, i guess yeah i guess they would move him to a slot not, not as much as an outside receiver so all right i'll be interesting to see exactly how that develops as we go through i'll tell you man you want to you're rooting for julio to play you're yeah. rooting for julio to play it's if julio plays your russell gage play pays off sounds good uh no no shepherd this week for the giants darius slayton at 4900 against a beat up 49ers team yeah, I mean, solid play for a GPP. You know, he doesn't really have very high floor. You know that 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 Daniel Jones has to throw. He has to throw. So I think that's kind of where we're at, really. Um, you know, with regard to that, I mean, it's it's Slayton. It's it's definitely not going to be Golden Tate. That's not who I'm looking at. For 4900, though, what about Anthony Miller? Don't you think Anthony Miller turns it around? <sighs> I mean, I he didn't not. have a catch last week, so. Maybe, I mean, he, he had, you know, <laughs> right? I, just, I feel, so, I, I feel so bad talking about the Bears' offense, man. I just do. Right? We were like, we were like annoyingly bullish on them coming in. It's like Allen Robinson and David Montgomery, Anthony Miller. You see the way Anthony Miller came on last year at the end, and then look what that did for us. Yeah, no bueno. No bueno. All right, let's look even further down there. Let's see. Can you get some value out of Zach Pascal, the new slot receiver for the Colts? You could. We saw a little bit of him last year. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't fantastic by any stretch, but he did find the end zone last week. Would you rather him or take the upside, maybe play with Pittman? Uh, you know, I, 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 I just don't know enough about how much Rivers is going to be able to like spread it out in order to make that happen. You know, the, the other thing that kind of annoys me a little bit about Pascal is the fact that Jack Doyle returned to practice. And I'm oh, yeah. Well, know, that just kills that kills Mo Alley Cox. Yeah, it kills Cox, too. And I just wonder if, like, you know, he's just going to lock in, lock in on a tight end there. So <laughs> uh, I, I kind of worry a bit, uh, you know, when it comes when it comes to those guys for me. Um, you know, again, it's just not really like an exciting <laughs> offense to really take a look at and target um i mentioned curtis samuel already as maybe like a darty play mm-hmm. um you know he had five carries or four carries against last week um against tampa bay 
which is three more or maybe four more than Davis had. Like, they didn't run the ball with Davis at all, only threw to him. Uh, and then they said today reports came out that Joe Brady wants to get Curtis Samuel more involved in the offense. So um, doesn't it feel like they're game planning, scheming Curtis Samuel this week? Sure. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, for four grand, um, you know, I mean, these guys, they, they don't really need to do a whole hell of a lot to return value. You would like to see the touchdown. So, you know, it would need to happen for Curtis Samuel inside the red zone for it to really, you know, kind of hit. I mean, for a GPP, that is. Because yeah. I don't know if I could trust him in a cash game. Does he have the upside, John? Um, I mean, he, he's a big play guy. You know, he's fast. If he gets in space, he could take a screen or something like that out there and score. Um, yeah, he probably, again, he's not your primary lineup, right? He's your GPP. You're making three or five lineups. He's Maybe he finds his way into one of them. So right, a little bit of a salary saver there. Yeah. I mean, right under him is Adam Humphreys. If you're talking full PPR format, right? Like Humphreys has come through now back-to-back weeks. I gave him to you last week. I said Adam Humphreys. I even named one of my teams Adam Humphreys McGee. There's a jam band called Humphreys McGee, which you probably don't know, but that's oh, all right. Other no people, idea. Jam band people know what I'm talking about. I said it. I said it on uh, <clears throat> last Friday's show on Fantasy Alarm. I said he's going to get the catches. He's going to score a touchdown, and you're going to be happy because he's going to return sick value for you. Um, had him in the dartboard, and guess what? He hit. So I like Humphreys. I am a, I'm a big fan. Uh, any other value plays that you have uh, any interest in as we kind of scroll through this list here? No, nobody really jumps out at me too much. So, you know, I mean, I, I think that... Jefferson interests you at all. He's seemingly kind of overtaken uh, Reynolds here. And, you know, he got a lot of hype uh, coming out of camp. Yeah, not, you know, I mean, $3,100 for Van Jefferson coming off a five, uh, four catch, five target, 45 yard game against Philly. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you're looking for, that's what you're looking for. If you're, you know, if you're looking for, a, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Is the number three wide receiver on the Rams going to pop off against the Bills? Or are you happy getting, you know, are you happy getting five catches and 62 yards? Right, right. No, you're right. You're right. You are right, <laughs> sir. No, argue, no arguments here. Let's uh, hit the tight end spot. Yeah, let's get the tight end spot, like you said. Uh, if Kittle plays, would you go there? No, never. Not in a million years. Fair enough. Uh, Higby chasing three touchdowns. Yeah, well, I'm not chasing three touchdowns, but that's actually a pretty nice matchup uh, if you look at uh, at what Buffalo's uh, done with the tight end uh, through the first two weeks of the season. I'm pulling up those numbers at it right now. Higgisiki, uh, obviously, was a big slot last week. Um so you got to at least keep that in mind uh, mm-hmm. as, uh, as he produced. And then week one was the Jets, right? And, and yeah, Herndon had a good week one. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. It was it was OK. I mean, like I said, you know, at the start of the podcast, I'm going to I'm going to mine for value at the tight end spot. You know, when, when you're not dealing with uh, a Travis Kelsey then, you know, I, I can I can afford to pay down. I don't need to chase Higby. Uh, Waller's banged up. So I can I can look further. I don't need to chase John U. Smith's two touchdown game either. Uh, I think you know where I'm going when it comes to tight ends. Yeah, why don't you just say it? No, no, no. I want you to say it. You want me to say where you're going at tight end. I want you to tell me where I'm going at tight end. 
Was it Hayden Hurst? Um, it is not Hayden Hurst, but who doesn't love Hayden Hurst at, <clears throat> at 4,700? Especially, that's a play where if Julio Jones is out, I'm more bullish on Hayden Hurst. But I'm rooting for Julio to play because I want your Russell Gage pick to pay off. Okay. Well, then then, then tell me, who, who are we going with? Because I know who my tight end is. I, I'm curious if maybe we're on the same guy. Oh, who's your tight end? Uh, now you want me to give away who I have. Well, again, going with this tweet that I had earlier, looking for confirmations on matchups. Uh, against the Eagles this year, Logan Thomas has found the end zone. Tyler Higby found it three times. Uh, and if you look at the stats uh, for Joe Burrow targeting tight ends in his offense, uh, C.J. Uzoma had two really solid games, including before getting injured last week. Uh, he found the end zone. Uh, and then he targeted Drew Sample uh, nine times. He had nine seven catches. Times. Nine times. Say that one more time. Say nine times he targeted Drew Sample. And that was in like a half a game because Uzoma played like two quarters, one yes. and a half quarters. Yes. Um, so the number of targets that that Barrow is giving to his tight end to me uh, versus this potential matchup where at least for two weeks, uh, tight ends have been finding the end zone against the Eagles. Uh, Drew Sample was the other part of that tweet that I sent out earlier today, looking for some confirmations on potential DFS matchups uh, to attack early on. Yeah. Yeah, you know the bet that I have with Andrew Cooper, right? Jordan Reed oh, versus right. Drew Sample. Oh, right, Drew Sample bet versus Jordan Reed. That didn't get off to a good start for you, though. Um, it Reed, did not touchdowns. get off to a good start, but who knew, who knew? Who would have thought that here we are going into week three and the Drew Sample versus Jordan Reed bet actually has legs uh, and a little life to it? It's, it's pretty crazy. I agree with you. <laughs> but I was in, like, I thought that, that C.J. Uzama did a much better job of blocking uh, you know, and they took Drew Sample. I mean, what was it? It wasn't Sample. Like he was like a like a second round pick. Yeah, he for was the Bengals. Second, he was a second round pick. Um, you know, he wasn't like an overly athletic like receiving tight end. He he's he's pretty big though, and he does he he's does have huge. good hands. From what I was you know reading, I try to read a scouting report right to figure out like is this guy really just a product of maybe Cleveland not paying any attention to him, so he got the easy passes. Um, but again, just looking a little bit deeper into him, he did use a second round pick and the fact that Uzama was getting targeted so often in this offense, maybe thinks, you know, makes me think that maybe Cincinnati is running a simplified offense here for the young kid at Burrow at quarterback. And, you know, maybe the tight end is sort of the, the guy that's the easy route to him, you know, like he has the downfield looks at green and Boyd and, you know, those are covered so quickly to the tight end or something, you know, it's not like sample had a ton of yards, only 45 yards in those seven catches, but uh, again, this is a matchup where Logan Thomas had eight targets, found the end zone, and then Higby had five catches, and three of them went for scores. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see exactly what happens here. So Sample's my guy. It's very funny that Sample's your guy because Sample's my guy too. I know, and I, I wish I, I, I remembered earlier that you had you had that wager. Uh, I had that. I had that bet, but you know when when it happened, when it went down on Thursday night football. Um, I was talking about it to everybody and I said, you know, going in, if you're looking for, you know, if you don't, if you don't have to, you know, waiver wise for seasonal. And I said this on the, on the fantasy alarm show, I said it on the podcast of uh, the Annie up podcast with Adam Ronis. I said, if you don't, if, if you didn't lose McCaffrey or Barkley and you didn't get hit <clears throat> waylaid with the injuries, upgrade your tight end position with drew sample, because Drew, you know, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, it's the same situation there. 
Um, these guys sit there and yeah, they'll take their shots downfield. I mean, crap, you know, with, with 61 target, with 61 pass attempts, you know, AJ green catching 13 targets like that was crazy. Um, will we see 61? No, probably not, but they love to hit. If you look at the, the completion percentage, uh, for Joe Burrow, uh, it's the interior pass catchers. It's the slot receiver and it's the tight end. And that's, you know, you look at what it was. I mean, he was just peppering Tyler Boyd and Drew Sample, Justin Herbert, peppering uh, Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. Yeah, Hunter so, Henry is, is another tight end that I like a lot this week. Yeah. Um, eight targets last week. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what these kids are doing. They'll take their shots downfield. That's fine. That's great. Um, you know, let those outside receivers be sink or swim. But you know what? In a PPR format, you know, give me the interior. Uh, and, and I'm a happy guy. So I am very much in on Drew Sample. Uh, and I'm 3,500. 35. Yeah, Gimme. it's pretty crazy. If Kittle is out, would you play Jordan Reed? Uh, no, I think I uh, principles. I, I, I don't think Just I can. Okay. Because, well, because I can't have too dirty a lineup. And there's already one person in my lineup who's pretty filthy. So. Okay. Yeah, you know, I kind of have to, I have to bow out there, and I also, I don't want to root for Andrew Cooper True. at all in this in this bet. So, no. Here, let me ask you a question. So today, Bruce Arians turned around and said to the media, "The scheme that we run does not dictate a heavy volume to the tight end." Mm-hmm. All right. So my question is. Um, Bruce Arians, who said, Ronald Jones is my guy. Ronald Jones is my guy. What? He fumbled? Oh, sick. Get Fournette in there now, and that's my guy. Um, Bruce Arians is a dirty, dirty liar. So when he says that the the scheme doesn't dictate passes to the tight end, are you buying it, or are you going to go 3,300 for Rob Gronkowski? No, I'm not going to play Gronk. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's not that I buy it, um, because we saw, obviously, O.J. Howard – uh, you know, have a good, a, a decent week one. He had six targets, you know. Um, it's just that they're going to be healthy with Godwin and Evan. So I, I don't know if, if Gronk's going to be the guy. There's been a lot of reports that Gronk, like, is barely moving out there when it comes to running routes. He's he's still an effective blocker from what some of the, the reports are, but mm-hmm. he, he looks like a shell of the shell that he was a couple years ago. At this point, when it comes to receiving, so uh, probably out, probably out on that. If I had to get a guy, uh, a cheap tight end that I would look at, um, maybe Jimmy Graham against Atlanta. Um, I know we didn't do anything last week; only had the one catch for 18 yards. But the week before, he had seven targets. Atlanta for a hundred uh, for a hundred bucks, John. Just take Drew Sample. Don't yeah, don't don't waste yeah. my time with Jimmy Graham. All right. All right. I won't even mention Jordan Akins then because he had seven targets too. Yeah, I, I don't even know who you are. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's fine. Well, then there's nobody <laughs> else to really talk about. Do you want to go to defense? Let's go to defense. All right. Um, is there any reason not to pay for the Colts against the Jets? Uh, I think there's a, a few reasons not to, and it's because they don't fit in my lineup. <laughs> um, uh, the way I have things currently comprised, I don't have the pay up, but. Um, yeah, Colts versus the Jets are obviously an elite play. I still like the Steelers at home against Houston. Uh, I think that's going to be a really strong play. Um, my mid-tier or value, I think the Cardinals at home against Detroit 
um, is is a matchup that I, I really think is going to be an interesting one. Uh, we know they like to get after the quarterback. They can turn the ball over um, with that secondary, and they get a lot of sacks. So Cardinals there. And then if it's true with all these injuries with L, with Las Vegas, if they go into this game without Waller or without Jacobs, I'm going to go with New England at home, 3200 bucks. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. You didn't say the Chargers. Any interest in the Chargers, the McCaffreyless uh, Carolina Panthers against what really is a, a fantastic defense in uh, in LA? I do. I like the Chargers well. Again, they they didn't fit into my lineup the way I currently have it comprised. But uh, <laughs> again, more reasons why I don't think you have to pay up. Like you said, you know they look good against Mahomes uh, and and the Chiefs last week, and they have a lot of guys that can get after uh, the quarterback. So. Uh, yeah, Chargers are fine uh, home against Carolina. You just can't afford them. You're you're all in on the. Patriots I can't afford because, them because I'm because gonna give you, you the line, I'm gonna give you the lineup that I've built once we're done talking about the defense, and we'll see why I don't have the money for them. Okay, uh, cheapest defense that you would possibly go with. Cheapest defense that I would possibly go with. Maybe the Giants at home. Giants at home against the Niners. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's definitely an interesting one. Right? I mean, four sacks, two picks against Chicago last week for nine points. You got Nick Mullins and who uh, for San Francisco. Right, Uh, exactly. So. All right. What about the Eagles? uh, I don't know. I mean, they, they just haven't been good. I mean. It's weird because they had Darius Slay and they, their their secondary should be better, but I don't see them getting like any real push up front. Uh, I know it's the kid, so you know maybe Barrow makes some mistakes and, and they can take advantage of it. But if I'm paying the, around the same price, I think I'd rather dart throw the Giants than the Eagles. All right, well there you go. So uh, those those are the defenses. Uh, let's share our lineups and uh, and and put a cherry on top of this Sunday. How about that? Alrighty, my lineup that I have built. Uh, a lot of guys we've talked about throughout this podcast at quarterback, Justin Herbert, uh, fifty nine hundred dollars. Running back, Austin Eckler at sixty eight. Running back, Miles Sanders at sixty four hundred. Wide receiver, Keenan Allen at sixty one hundred. Pairing up Eckler and Herbert. Uh, CD Lamb at fifty four. Tyler Lockett at sixty four. Drew Sample at tight end. My flex is Cooper Cup. At 6300 and I'm going with those Patriots defense because I can't afford anybody else at $3,200. All right, I like it, I like it. So here you go. Uh, I also spend $5,900 for my quarterback, but he goes by the name of Ryan Tannehill, targeting against Minnesota. I will put Derrick Henry in there and uh, and stare at your, 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 hey, he sucks early on in the season uh, call and, and just uh, laugh it off there. Uh, my other running back, I'm told you, I'm taking the salary saver, Jeff Wilson for San Francisco. Uh, just need him to pound in a, a touchdown or two. Need him uh, to be what Jordan Howard has been this year. I, you know what? As long as he's like Jordan Howard, then I'm a happy camper. Uh, to complete my Tennessee stack because, well, you know, it's 2020. And why wouldn't we go in COVID's year? With my man, Corey Davis. I hate him so much. You hate that man. You hate that man. I do. Did you see, you see my article in the New York Post? I told you, man. His his name is an anagram for COVID's year. I did. I saw it. So there you go. 
So, I mean, why wouldn't I? Like, if I'm going to win the Millie Maker, it's got to be something dirty and disgusting there, doesn't it? So Yeah, I agree. You're probably going to get a Derrick Henry, like, 75-yard screen touchdown. Oh, God, how, how delicious would that be? Uh, coming back against that stack is Adam Thielen because, you know, Kirk Cousins is just going to have to chuck the ball around. And guess what? Tennessee's secondary still a little banged up. Uh, then you might know the next couple of names here. My third wide receiver is Tyler Lockett, so I can get that late game hammer there at 6,400. Drew Sample is my tight end at 3,500. Oh, look, in my flex, Keenan Allen at 6,100. Another late game hammer. So I got two receivers there for the late game hammer. And oh, look at that. I can have my pick of any defense I want. So why wouldn't I just take the Colts against the Jets and then just study right now uh, if I can actually end up paying down a little bit further um, and maybe uh, move up somewhere. But I don't think so. I think I'm locking in this lineup. I like it. I like that lineup. I have no arguments with it. Uh, If I wanted to pivot off Eckler to Kelly, it was just probably going to be something that I like kick myself about thinking about all week. I I would free up $1,800 and I can definitely afford uh, a defense and, uh, you know, and have the Colts or the Steelers as well. So uh, I'm going to stick with Eckler, though. Make sure I don't tinker with that lineup. However, I talk about it on Alarm After Hours on Monday. Uh, the one thing I hate the most about Football Sunday is the 12 to 1 hour. Uh, I call it the worst hour of the week because that's where I basically change everything I've done all week and my lineups uh, suffer from it. So, <laughs> Yeah, we talk about that on the show all the time. It's, uh, it's Ani Sridhar's Tinker Time. Yeah, uh, it's that that one hour. And I always, you know, it's kind of funny. I spend that last hour. I finalize my lineups for DFS and then I close the windows out and then I just go and I look through all of my seasonal leagues and make sure that my lineups are set there. So that way, that's the way that hour is spent for me. Yeah, Fancy and I have promised each other that we'll make sure we go walk our dog for that hour, uh, you know, get them some exercise, get us away from the computer. You're going to have to leave your phone at home so that you don't, you know, have a conversation with you're like on the phone with Fenty while you're both walking your dogs. Be like, no, we, need, yeah, we need to know about injuries. So that was our that was our one thing. Uh, we need to know about injuries. So late scratches. You can't have it. Can't have the late scratches. No, you can't. So. All, All right. right well, I wish I wish your lineup nothing but the best. I was going to say, hopefully one of our two lineups wins the Millie Maker this week. Uh, then we uh, don't have to do this podcast next week because we'll be on an island somewhere, uh, you know, and uh, celebrating and living the high life. But uh, until then, uh, we'll talk to everybody next time.